thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I tell you what, release your faith with the word that you hear today. Amen. Yeah. Because we're teaching on healing and we're taking the healing miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. And we're looking at them one at a time, line by line, word by word sometimes, because if we'll do what they did, we'll get what they got. That's right. Amen. If we'll learn how to cooperate and really they recede because of one reason, they cooperated. And so we have to learn what our cooperation looks like. And uh, whether you know it or not, with every miracle and every healing you receive, you have a part to play. Yes. You have a role to play. And uh, God is always, he does his role perfectly, but we don't always do our role perfectly. So it, that's why we study these things so that we can learn how to do our part better because God will always do his part. The variable is us, not him. Amen. And so as we practice and become skillful at our part, then we, we know this results belong to us all the time, but it's skill that receives them. Amen. And so we've been looking at the different healings and we started on a previous episode uh, looking at the healing of the deaf and dumb Man. So we want to go back and look at that. We'll read through the whole passage and then we'll go a little bit further with it today. In Mark chapter 7 and verse 31, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic Translation. It reads, soon after this, Jesus, coming back from the region of Tyre, passed through Sidon onto the Sea of Galilee through the region of Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had difficulty in speaking. And they begged Jesus to place his hand upon him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, Jesus thrust his fingers into the man's ears and spat and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed as he said, Ephetha, which means be opened. And his ears were opened. His tongue was loosed and he began to speak distinctly and as he should. I like that phrase, as he should. Verse 36, and Jesus in his own interest admonished and ordered them sternly and expressly to tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were overwhelmingly astonished, saying, He has done everything excellently, yes. commendably, and nobly. He even makes the deaf to hear and the dumb 
to speak. So we were looking at this before that these people brought this man to him. But Jesus led this man away from the crowd. Why? It's between him and Jesus. Someone can bring you to the truth, but when it comes to it, it's between what it's between you and God. Amen. Not only that, was he leading him away from people that would have been, if I could say this, maybe unbelieving Mm -hmm. in the crowd. Mm -hmm. So it matters what setting you're in. It matters Mm -hmm. who you surround yourself with when you need a miracle. I said, it matters who you surround yourself with. You don't want to have someone believing against you around you, (laughs) believing against God, believing against the word, believing against the power of God. Whenever you need a miracle, Find those people who will believe God with you. And really that should be found in your local church primarily. In your local church should be. That's why one thing is so important to have a local church because now you know where a company of believers are who are are taught like you're taught, who will believe with you and release their faith with you. Amen. Because really at a moment's notice, sometimes we need to draw on the faith of others. We need someone to agree with us in faith. Amen. And so we see this, that Jesus took him aside from the crowd and ministered to him. And what a unique thing he did when he ministered to him. It says he thrust his fingers into the man's ears and then he spat and touched his tongue. So evidently Jesus spat on his finger, touched his tongue with that finger. And you say, well, why would he do that? Why is that necessary? If God says to do it, that makes it necessary. Right there. (laughs) In other words, obey God. Instead of trying to figure out why do I have to do it that way? Because our obedience is involved in every miracle we receive. Amen. Amen. He's going to give us something to obey. And... um, people would say, well, that's kind of not appropriate to minister to some way, to minister to someone the way Jesus did. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, that makes it appropriate. (laughs) Amen. The Holy Spirit is always appropriate. Following him is always the right thing to do. So Jesus didn't do it that way every time. Why did he do it that way that day? Well, because no doubt the Spirit of God led him to do it that way. Amen. If he had a formula of how he ministered to someone, he would have done the same exact thing with every case, but he didn't. But he didn't. And so evidently he was led to do it that way. Listen, uh, we're not only to receive healing, we're to minister healing. Minister healing to people who need it. To be effective and to be skillful in ministering healing. And in receiving healing, we have to look to the Holy Spirit. How is he leading us to do this? What scriptures is he leading us to? I'm I'm reminded of of a man who gave a testimony. It was a wonderful testimony of a person that was really, they, they were in a terminal condition, given up to die, advanced in the disease. And this minister was called for to come to the house and minister to this person. So on the way over, the minister did the right thing. He said, God, tell me what to do to them, how to minister to them. He didn't just go in there with a formula. He went in there with a leading of God. And so on the way over there, the spirit of God directed him. And he saw that what this person was facing, it was overwhelming to them. And they began to talk about, they said, I'm just so tired. I'm so weak. 
And the Spirit of God said, give them one thing at a time to believe for. Wow. One thing at a time. You know, the Bible says uh, over Mark eleven twenty three, 23, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That verse is simply saying this, things will obey you, talk to them. Amen. Things will obey you, talk to them. Amen. Now, notice... It says, speak to the mountain. Uh, when you speak to the mountain, the mountain is removed. Who said the mountain was removed all at once? Right. That's good. Sometimes it's removed a, a stone at a time, yes. a boulder at a time, yes. a rock at a time. It depends on the person. Right. So this is basically how the Spirit of God led this minister to minister to this person. Just deal with one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Don't try to deal with the whole mountain. Just get part. Just get a. Just get one boulder off. Yes. yes. Why? Because their faith will be encouraged. Yeah, because see, right now their faith was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now their faith needs to be encouraged. Mm -hmm. See, the Holy Spirit knows how to uh, take people from where they're at to where sh they should be. Yes. Yeah. He knows. We don't always know, right. but the Great Counselor knows, yeah. and He will give us counsel. He will guide and direct us. So that's what this minister did. He went in there with the counsel of God in his mouth. And this person said, I'm just so tired. I'm just so exhausted. I just have no strength. And this minister said, before he even dealt with any, any of the symptoms, he said, I tell you what, this is what I want you to do. Would you do this for me? Just say, the Lord is the strength of my life. That's what the word says. So he said to them, just every day, all throughout the day, that's all I want you to think about. It's all I want you to talk about. The Lord is the strength of my life. And say it and mutter it to yourself and build it on the inside of you. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. And see, you're confessing it not to him, but to drive that truth, meditating on it to drive it into your spirit. Why? Because once you get in your spirit, then you can spend it. Many times people try to spend the word they haven't built in their spirit yet through meditation. And then they go, how come it's not working? Because you're trying to spend what you've not yet taken ownership of. Take ownership of it through meditation. And as you do that, it will become real to you. Then when you say it, your faith is in it because it's part of you. It's built in you. And so this is what the Spirit of God directed the minister of how to minister. See, this is what I'm talking about. Jesus followed the leading of the Spirit. Yeah. To get results and to be skillful, follow the leading of the Spirit. Don't just go in with a formula. Right. Amen. You know, there are principles in the Word, but the Holy Spirit needs to direct you in which principles right. and how to apply those oh, principles. Yes. Amen. We are so dependent on the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, I tell you. Thank God for the Word, but the Holy Spirit will lead you in the, in the highest flow of that Word. He'll lead you in how to execute and apply that Word with excellence and with skill and bear much fruit. And so this, this is what this minister did to this person on their deathbed. All I want you doing is saying the Lord is the strength of my life. They said, can your, can, can, can your heart grab that? They said, yeah. Because see, now they're not talking about sickness. They're not talking about their condition. They're not keeping their condition in front of them. They're keeping the one who is their strength in front of them. Yes. I'm talking about by, by meditating that direction, saying it, driving that down into their spirit. And so they said, I'm going to come back in a couple of days. 
And, uh, but that's from till the next time, that's all I want you doing. Now see somebody who says, well, you know, they need healing. I'm going to pray for their healing. You've got to get them in a place where they can hook on. And if they're overwhelmed with other things, you're going to have a difficult time getting them to hook on to really what they need. Let them hook on one clamp at a time, one chain length at a time, so to speak. And so that's what that person did. They, for the next several days, the Lord is the strength of my life. Thank you that you're the strength of my life. I have strength because I have you. And they just meditated that direction. Mm -hmm. And they walked back in the next day, several days later, the minister and said, there was a different countenance on them. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they weren't completely exhausted through the condition they were dealing with. They were they were vitalized. They were strengthened. Yes. You see, because what they meditated on began moving in them. That's yeah. right. And then this minister said, "Okay, can I talk? Can I ask you what's your pain like?" They said, "I have pain. I have constant pain every day." He said, "Okay. How about we? Can you believe with me this? For half the amount of pain, half of it gone." Because see, they would be overwhelmed at thinking all pain gone all at once. It was, a, it was too much for them to think of because they had lived with so much pain for so long for them to even wrap their faith around it. They couldn't think of all the pain gone all at once. You see, you're leading them into success and sometimes that walk of faith is one step at a time. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm just saying this is how the Spirit led them. This is what I'm talking about. Just follow how the Spirit leads. And so this person said, I can believe for half the amount of pain. See, they said, can you believe for no pain? Well, I've had pain so long, brother. I've just had, okay, let's believe for half. Just not believing for half the pain, but believing half of the pain gone. Half of the pain gone. Can you... Can your faith lay hold of that? Mm-hmm. Yes, brother, I can lay hold of that. Good. Yes. All you have to do is say, thank you, Father, for not as much pain. Yes. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you for less pain. Yes. Thank you. See, the pain's not coming from God, but the healing is. Yes. 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 Amen. Yes. Good. So, uh, as, see, you've got to give people what they can lay hold of. Right. Um, my grandbabies... Uh, when they come to the church, I have candy jars in my hospitality room. Especially when they were younger, they were always, always excited. That's like the first place they went when they walked in the room, go to the candy jar. And I'd say, baby, get your hand in there, get you some candy. And their hand was so small, they could pick up some, but two or three pieces is all they could pick up. Well, I couldn't enlarge their hand. Right. But I could encourage them what your hand can get, get hold of it. They couldn't pick up that whole, they couldn't put their hand in that jar and pull out with one hand all that was in that jar, but they could pull out a little bit. And sometimes if your hand of faith gets a little bit, that's still victory. That's still victory. And that's what this person's hand of faith really couldn't, they couldn't grab the whole of their healing, but they could grab a measure. Then grab that. That's victory. Amen. And so the the minister said, okay, a couple more, a couple more days, I'll be back. But we agree. And he would say, I'm agreeing with you till I show up next time. Our faith is in agreement. I'll be, I'll be agreeing with you while you're laying here and you say this. Thank you, Father, for less pain. 
Less pain. Less pain than yesterday. Less pain. And then went back to see them a couple days later and their face was lit up. Tell me, tell me your good report, brother. Well, it's exactly right. I don't have near as much pain as I used to have. You see, and before long, it took a couple, it took several weeks, but before long, every single thing that they were dealing with was addressed. Why? Because they were following the spirit into success. Amen. They weren't just following, they, they weren't just saying it has to be all at once or nothing. Amen. We want people to succeed at where they're at. Amen. It matters. And that's skill. Can I tell you that skill? Skill with healing power. Skill at following the Holy Ghost. Skill at applying your faith. Now you may be watching. You say, well, I have faith for more than that. Good. Use it all. If you can grab hold of the whole thing at once, grab hold. But don't be discouraged if you can't grab hold all at once. At least grab hold. You know, Jesus never rebuked people for their measure of faith. He would rebuke them for not using their faith. It's not about can your measure of faith grab hold of everything at once. Just use the measure you got. Just use it because every believer has a measure. I said every believer has a measure. You have faith. Every one of you have a measure of faith. Use it. You know, it's exactly like if if a man, a a woman goes to work out at at a gym they don't start with the heaviest weight on the, on the device. It's not even a device. What is it called? A- equipment. Thank you. I'm in the wrong mode. You can see where I don't go. <laughs> I'm on my device and these other people on equipment. But <laughs> they don't go and put the heaviest weight on that piece of equipment the first day. They put where they can succeed at with a stretch, right? Right? Well, that's what the Holy Ghost will lead you to. He will not lead you to something that's going to overwhelm your faith. But he'll lead you to do what can your faith do with a stretch, with a stretch. Amen. That's what Jesus was doing in ministering. He was following the Holy Spirit. Don't ever, uh, don't ever decide how God's going to minister power to you in the sense of the Holy Spirit may have a diverse way. He's got, there's diverse ways he has. Amen. Amen. Ministering to people. I, uh, I, to to talk about diversity, I'm getting off, I'm getting (laughs) off my, I'm getting off track here, but it still help you. I love the story of Dad Hagen talks about his mother-in-law that when he married, when Dad Hagen married his wife, her mother had a goiter and it was a large goiter that stood out prominently. The doctor said it, it had to be removed. They said it was larger inside than it was outside. And he said it was massive outside and they said, you'll start choking. You'll be, you'll be unable to breathe and you'll just choke. We need to remove it. Well, she didn't, she didn't, you know, agree to have the surgery, but she had gotten to such a place she was choking. And so she had set up to go to have the surgery, to have the goiter removed. And, um, dad Hagen and mom Hagen got married during the course of this time. 
So uh, right after they got married, they were over at the in-laws' house and they were praying together. In fact, they were going to move in with them. Mom and Dad Hagen's items were still packed away in boxes. And uh, his father-in-law said, let's have family prayer, which they'd do every night. And so they got down, you know, knelt down and they all began to pray. And this was a denominational home that Mom Hagen had been raised in. They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And so as they were praying, the, the word of the Lord came to Dad Hagen and says, put your hand on your wife's head and, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, fill her with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So Dad Hagen did. He put his hand on her head and she took off speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And then the word of the Lord said to him, um, anoint your mother-in-law uh, with oil and I'll heal her of that goiter. And he said, well, God, I can't find, I don't even know where my anointing oil bottle is, <laughs> you know, because he said it's packed away. Yeah. And he said, I didn't want to disturb everybody by going rummaging through boxes. Uh -huh. And he says, but I got up, walked in the room and he says, I stuck my hand down in one corner of one box and it, my hand fell right onto that anointing oil bottle. He said, I pulled it out and I came and I ministered to her. And he said, and that gorder went down like you popped a balloon. Wow. And he said, the only thing left was the size of about a quarter. And uh, then the word of the Lord came to Dad Hagen and said, you tell your mother-in-law, go to the full gospel church on Sunday night and I'll finish the healing. Now see, why? Why can't he just start it? Why can't he just finish it? We don't know everything. The Holy Ghost knows. That's why the genius of the Holy Ghost is worthy of being followed and obeyed. So he just told his mother-in-law, he said, God just said to me, he'll complete your healing at the full gospel church next Sunday night. Well, see, Dad Hagen didn't know this at the time, but uh, a time before, maybe months before, she had made the statement, his mother-in-law had made the statement, you'll never catch me in that full gospel church. See, she was part of a denominational church, a different church. She said, you'll never catch me down at the altar of a full gospel church. God heard that. He's going to deal with that it really becomes rebellion. Yes. What I won't do. Yes. Right? Yes. We need to be open to whatever he, whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do. When we And can I tell you this? Never say the word never. <laughs> Don't say I'll never do this because God is going to address that, uh, that adamant side of you that could really look like rebellion. <laughs> And that'll be the first thing you do yeah. <laughs> or that he'll direct you to do. And so that's why the spirit of God said, tell her I will complete her healing down at the altar of the full gospel church. Now to the one who was just him, that didn't mean anything. But to her, that, that related to something. What was God dealing with? Don't you decide. Be open to how God will do something. Don't decide. Right. And we see this. So this is about, this is Jesus. He didn't decide how he would minister to this Amen. deaf and dumb man. He was open to how the spirit Amen. led him because the spirit knows he's the genius. I said, he's the genius. We're not the genius. He's the genius. So following the spirit is a genius move. <laughs> Amen. Verse 34 of the passage we were reading. I, I like this so much. It says, and looking up to heaven, 
When Jesus ministered to this man who was deaf and dumb, Jesus didn't look at the man. He looked up to heaven. When you're ministering to the sick, it matters what your attention is on. It matters what you're focused on. One of my favorite stories is when Smith Wigglesworth was invited years ago to come to the home of a man who his wife was dying. She was in the final stages of a disease. He said she looked like a skeleton. She looked like skin just pulled over a skeleton. She looked the very picture of death. And he was there with some other Christians that had been invited and they gathered around her bed and they were praying over her. One of the other Christians began to pray, oh God, comfort the husband. Mm -hmm. Another one prayed, oh God, comfort the children. And he said, by the time the others had finished praying, they had her buried. (laughs) But he said, but when it came time for him to pray, Mm -hmm. he said he began praying for her healing. And he said, and Jesus' face appeared over her bed. Mm -hmm. And she was healed and completely raised up, got up off the bed, Mm -hmm. completely healed. Later, the others said, how come she wasn't raised up when we prayed for her? Now listen to what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, when you prayed, you prayed with your eyes on the dying woman. I prayed with my eyes on Jesus. What gets your attention is what's going to get movement. Amen. Amen. And that's why it's so important. If Jesus, when ministering to the sick, refused to be focused on the sick, He focused on heaven. He focused on where help comes from. Uh, John chapter 14 and verse 10, Jesus made the statement. He said, my father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. In other words, the pressure is not on us to do the works. Amen. When we're ministering to the sick, it's not about us. And Jesus was letting us know it wasn't about him either. He was, he had his eyes toward heaven. He looked toward heaven. He knew, he said, it's not me doing the works. It's my father in me doing the works. So you say, well, Pastor Nancy, what if I lay hands on somebody and they don't get healed? It's not you doing the work. (laughs) Amen. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the one. It's about us being obedient to minister to people, to give God an opportunity to minister to them. Amen. Amen. So Jesus held his gaze and attention on the one who was doing the work. If we're to receive answers to our needs, we can't focus on the need. We have to focus on the one who supplies the need. When you need healing in your body, don't focus on your body. You'll never receive healing for the body looking at the body. You receive healing for the body by looking at the one who heals the body, looking at the word that heals the body. Keep your attention on God. Keep your attention on the word. And when you keep your attention on the word, you are keeping your attention on God. We are told in Mark 11, 23, speak to the mountain. It doesn't say speak about the mountain. It doesn't even say to look at the mountain. And it certainly doesn't say focus on the mountain. We speak to the mountain while we're focused on the mountain mover. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're teaching out of the book, Healer Divine. We want you to get your copy. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and we'll get that right out to you. Until next time, remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. 
Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.